It is a football Friday. Welcome to the morning after on Sports Grid. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 204. I'm your host, Ariel Epstein, taking you through the next three hours. We've got to build the bankroll today. We've got to get you ready. Week three underway in the NFL. Another week of college football ahead. Three series left in Major League Baseball. Oh, and the Ryder Cup just started a few hours ago. Wisconsin, they're up and running. morning after a little bit of technical difficulties right now i believe with my co-host ariel epstein i am ben stevens i'm sure she was about to introduce the entire hour or in three hours on sirius xm channel 204 like ariel was alluding to what a friday we have not only do we look ahead to the week three slate across the nfl look back at thursday night football weekend number four of college football roof roof Oof, other dogs going to be barking this weekend. A lot of underdogs on the slate that look very enticing across the CFB landscape. And as Ariel just mentioned before those technological glitches, Kohler, Wisconsin on the banks of Lake Michigan, whistling straights and the Ryder Cup. Team USA and Team Europe just getting underway early this morning out on Wisconsin. And a couple of matches already underway. Sergio Garcia and John Rahm for the Europeans, the first group out against the American side of Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas. I believe Ariel Epstein is back with us here on the morning after. Ariel, if you are, bark like a dog because the underdogs might be barking this weekend in college football. What do you say? Woof, woof. Yeah, maybe. There we go. Except okay, good. In my college football pool, I chose a lot of favorites. So maybe uh, I shouldn't be rooting for underdogs. There was one I liked. But last night... We had thir uh, Thursday night football. Last night, no underdogs were barking. It looked like they were at first. The Houston Texans kept it pretty close in the first half, Ben. Then Carolina pulls away in the second half. However, no Christian McCaffrey. In the second quarter, he ends up leaving the game with left hamstring strain, and he's probably going to miss some time. So even though the Panthers got the win yesterday, the Panthers won 24-9. to The spread moved in their favor right before kickoff. It went from minus 7.5 to minus 8.5. This game stayed under the total, too. Uh, 43 and a half was where the total closes. However, when you win a game, sometimes it feels great. You get off the field. You're like, yeah, 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 we won. Except they lost their best player, Christian McCaffrey. And you could tell, Ben, that entire second half, the offense just didn't look the same in Carolina. Yeah. Really, outside of that first quarter, Sam Darnold was keying in to have Christian McCaffrey out there alongside. We have said, Ariel, in the handicapping of that game, how important that has been for Sam Darnold early on in his stint with the Carolina Panthers to have run CMC Christian McCaffrey next to him, who had been going off here early in the season, averaging 162 yards of total offense, showing what Christian McCaffrey can do, both out of the backfield as a runner and as a receiver as well. So to lose him early on in this game against the Houston Texans, you saw a couple of hiccups offensively then for the Carolina Panthers, but they started to get things rolling. Honestly, yes, the Panthers end up covering that big number. The total stays under, as most reared Thursday night football games might. But if you backed the Carolina Panthers yesterday and you were fading the Houston Texans, it was a very, very profitable Thursday night football evening for you. You could have looked at the prop market like we did. Sam Darnold passing attempt over. Sam Darnold passing yards over as he was 23 of 34 for 304 yards. He was also great on the ground. Two rushing touchdowns as well. DJ Moore receptions over with some plus money. Receiving yards over. And had you take the 
the Texans team total under like we recommended all throughout the week, even as it got smaller and smaller at 16 and a half. That's staying well under as well. Carolina's defense so far this year, Ariel, has been absolutely fantastic. The best scoring defense in the league, only allowing their teams to score about 10 points per game as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here the first hour of the morning after on a football Friday, recapping Thursday night football. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. I am Ben Stevens. She is Ariel Epstein. We were talking about the Panthers' defense. They keep pounding the rock, defensively at least, the best scoring defense in the league, the best total defense in the league, the best rushing defense in the league. All these things, Ariel, have led to the Panthers starting 3-0 and straight up, also 3-0 and against the spread. Yeah, 3-0 and straight up, NATS, really impressive. Good teams win, great teams cover. Carolina yesterday, their defense really attacking. Davis Mills, the rookie quarterback that came in for the Texans. Another hamstring injury on their end because their quarterback, Terod Taylor, now placed on the IR because... He has a hamstring issue. You look at what a rookie quarterback could, like he was able to keep this game close and I gave Mills all the credit. I mean, yesterday for him to be able to stay in the pocket the way that he did and to still make certain completions was really impressive. There was one play where Mills went down and I remember listening to the broadcast and they were like, I wouldn't have gotten up for 10 minutes. He took some really hard hits. In fact, he was sacked four times and he was limited to 168 passing yards yet Mills Still able to keep the game close in the first half. Second half, that offense just couldn't get anything going. The Carolina defense was so good up front. The offensive line of the Texans just started to cave in. Yet, you look to Carolina in the future. And this is scaring me. First off, I was really uh, upset with the Robbie Anderson situation. Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold were so close in New York. When they were playing... Jets, they were a dynamic duo, even week one. At least Sam Darnold found Anderson in the end zone. That was clearly just to say by Jets because he did the whole jet up thing in the end zone. And then we haven't seen Robbie Anderson ever since. Revenge game and then bust. Whatever. No more Robbie Anderson. The team total under does hit on Houston at 16 and a half. We'll recap more from this game, get more into details, and tell you how you were able to see the plus money last night. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid, it is Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. We are officially in week three of the NFL season. It's going to fly in a blink of an eye. I just know it. We did have a big game last night for the Carolina Panthers because this was the first time that the Carolina Panthers have gone 3-0 and since 2015. In 2015, the Panthers went undefeated that year and ended up going to the Super Bowl. I don't see this team being a Super Bowl contender. Still iffy on if this team is a playoff contender. What I did see is that Sam Darnold, their quarterback, made some plays last night. You talk about showing the plus money. Sam Darnold scoring two or more touchdowns is showing you the plus money. Those odds were sitting at uh, I do have 80 to 1 for him to have two or more touchdowns. 
There are a few crazy people out there that decided to bet this. And one of those bettors put $180 on Sam Darnold, two or more touchdowns, 80 to one, and ends up cashing in with $14,580. Ben, the cojones, the cojones on this person. Oh, my goodness. Like, what does that person know? I can understand like a $5 sprinkle on Sam Darnold, maybe to score two touchdowns, but $180, that person is a witch. That's all I can describe it as. That person is truly a witch that has a crystal ball that can see into the future because $180 is not just your normal show me the plus money bet. We talk about all the time, Ariel, if we put together same game parlays, maybe something with super, super long odds that are so unlikely to happen that it's just a sprinkle. It's a small bet for a large payout, and you have some fun with it. $180, maybe that person in their bankroll management is a small bet, depending on what their unit size is, but that is quite outstanding to me. Sam Darnold, by the way, through two weeks and now one game, three weeks for the Carolina Panthers, Sam Darnold has the most rushing touchdowns of any quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he had two of those last night going over his rushing yards prop of six and a half by a large, large margin. So if you back Sam Darnold yesterday for the Carolina Panthers against the Houston Texans defense, very profitable because again, passing attempts prop was 33 and a half. He had 34 passing attempts. His passing yards prop was 258 and a half. He had 304 passing yards. His rushing yards prop, and then of course, to be the first touchdown score, to be an anytime touchdown score, to score two touchdowns, all of that. Huge plus money on Sam Darnold, who threw three games, Ariel, has 888 passing yards with the Carolina Panthers. It is the second most in NFL history for a new quarterback with his new team when that new team has started a perfect 3-0. That is what Sam Darnold has done during his short time with Carolina. Aside for just running in touchdowns, he did find one receiver throughout the entire game, and that was his receiver, DJ Moore. Moore ends up with eight receptions, 126 yards. Amazing job. See, you talked about it, Ben. You said that the person who predicted the two touchdowns just has a magic ball. Well, you did last night because this was your best bet, DJ Moore, on his receiving yards, right? It was indeed. His receiving yards, but more even so, Ariel, his total receptions, which was five and a half. So Ryan Williams from FanDuel also came on the show yesterday, and we had that conversation. Ryan, why is it plus money to the over of this five and a half for DJ Moore? That seems like a gift, and certainly it was, because with three minutes gone in the second quarter, DJ Moore had gone over this number of five and a half. Here's the key for handicapping any reception props that you like, either total receiving yards or just total receptions. You need to know how much the quarterback targets said receiver because targets might even mean more than receptions. If the quarterback is looking that wide receiver's way, obviously it gives you opportunity to hit an over on a total receptions prop, to hit an over on a receiving yards prop because it means that is how likely that connection is between the QB and the wide receiver to happen on a consistent basis throughout an NFL football game. DJ Moore had 12 targets yesterday for Sam Darnold. Eight receptions on 12 targets for 126 yards. That is a connection that will be profitable moving forward between DJ Moore and between Sam Darnold. And when they give you plus money to the over of a total receptions, that looks too good. And DJ Moore has now gone over that number of five and a half in each of the first three games for the Panthers this year. You say, thank you, FanDuel. I will take the plus money into my weekend. 
Yeah, DJ Moore starting to finally look like the wide receiver they thought he'd be coming out of Maryland. Now, there were some injuries that came up yesterday, and most notably to the running back Christian McCaffrey. Dr. David Chow of ProFootballDoc.com responded to the McCaffrey injury. He ended up writing on Twitter, a strain equals a tear. Just hope it's partial. Week four is a long shot. The good news is that you hope McCaffrey avoids the IR for three weeks. Uh, Ben, losing Christian McCaffrey, you saw the difference in this team in the second half, just not able to get as much going as they did in the first. I was watching McCaffrey run, and he just doesn't stop moving. His legs are constantly moving. Everything that you tell a young football player to do, especially at the running back position, he does it. He's so good. It was so it was horrible to watch him go off the field, left hamstring strain, likely out for the next few weeks. Now you know too that Carolina is going to be extra cautious with him. He they were cautious with him last year, and he still continued to be hurt. They tried to be cautious with him this year. They didn't even say questionable to return. He instantly went to out. Yeah, only three games did Christian McCaffrey play last year as well. So this, a really bad injury bug that CMC is going to try to hopefully get over because he's one of the most exciting running backs in all that he can do in the NFL. We talked about this yesterday, Ariel, as we were handicapping and previewing Thursday night football. Christian McCaffrey's rushing plus receiving yards prop was steamed up from 132 in the hook where it opened all the way up to 139 and a half by the time we got to kick last night in Houston between the Panthers and the Texans. And that was still good value because through the first two games, he was averaging a combined 162 yards between that rushing and receiving heading into last night's game against Houston. So to lose that, because defenses have to scheme for Christian McCaffrey first and foremost, you need to know with your linebacking core and your safeties where CMC is at all times on the field on any given offensive play for the Carolina Panthers, which then allows other guys like DJ Moore, like Robbie Anderson, like Dan Arnold, the tight end, to get more open and to have more opportunity to be a factor in that Panthers Don't passing game Robbie and that Anderson's offensive name. scheme overall. I won't. All right, I'll keep Robbie Anderson out of it. But that you Just have like to Sam scheme Darnold. for Christian McCaffrey. Okay, I'll, I'll <laughs> focus on Sam Donald. You have to scheme for Christian McCaffrey which then makes it harder on the rest of the Panthers' offense to do other things. So for Sam Darnold to not have Christian McCaffrey maybe for a couple of weeks moving forward is a detriment to this Panthers' side. And then you look defensively for Carolina as well to lose the rookie cornerback, J.C. Horn, that was off to such a good start this season, Ariel, is another huge blow after a huge win on Thursday night to start off 3-0. And by the way, I was saying keep Robbie Anderson out of it just like Sam Darnold. So that's what I meant. And as for the cornerback, J.C. Horn, broken right foot. And Dr. Chow tweeted out about this one, too. He's worried about multiple metatarsal fractures, which means he's likely done for the season. That is rough. And I remember seeing the tweet last night when they took Horn out of the game. It was reported by Ian Rappaport that it's a serious injury, not necessarily season-ending. Dr. Chow has other thoughts, depending, of course, on how extreme this injury is to that broken right foot. Going forward, Ben, it's a 3-0 start for the Carolina Panthers. The Houston Texans, without Terod Taylor, not able to get much offensive production, only able to put up nine points. They did score a touchdown. They missed the extra point, which led to six. Then they end up with the field goal. When it, goes, when it comes to going forward, which team are you looking like do you really believe in carol actually you know what scratch that our buyers our guess the line yesterday was to guess the line on the carolina panthers if they won and what the odds would be to make the playoffs do you know what those odds are did you just check this morning 
I did. It's the same exact thing. Plus 128 to the yes, minus 156 to the no. It did not change at all, Ariel. The only thing that changed in regards to the Carolina Panthers futures market because their NFC South odds stay the exact same at plus 550, the second longest in that division. The only thing that changed was their updated team win total which was at eight and a half yesterday entering thursday night football the juice to the over was minus 125 it's now minus 135 so 10 cents more that they'll have at least nine wins this year it's also going to play a big factor in this new playoff format that was just announced yesterday by the nfl and i'm so bad i really didn't look too deep into it but 14 teams are going to be headed into the nfl playoffs they actually are going to expand to monday night football as well we'll break that down a little bit later in the show coming up next we've got major league baseball to recap from a gambling perspective of course stay on the grid sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com We're back on the morning after on Sports Grid. It is Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Just to correct what I said before, 14-team playoff, and there's going to be a Monday night football game. We'll get to that in a little bit. I just, like, completely botched the tweet that I was live reading. I have to stop live reading tweets on air. Anyway, time to get into Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball yesterday, there were some really big games for some teams that are trying to find spots into wild card spots, get into the National League West first place spot, such as the Los Angeles Dodgers. They beat the Colorado Rockies 7-5 to yesterday. The Dodgers were heavy favorites, minus 270. Total 10.5 goes over at Coors Field. The Dodgers are now 10-0 in games where Max Scherzer starts for them. There's always one player when it comes to a World Series push that makes a difference, especially one that may have been picked up at the trade deadline. Not only for the Dodgers has Max Scherzer been incredible, You've got to imagine, Ben, that Max Scherzer is sitting there thinking, thank God I'm not with the Washington Nationals. Oh, very much so. He is thinking, thank God I am not with the Washington Nationals, who are nowhere close to a playoff race. And the Dodgers are very much in the thick of it, still contending for that National League West crown. But before we get to that, Ariel, Max Scherzer yesterday, not his best performance in a Dodger uniform so far. Only five innings pitched, gave up six hits, five earned runs, but yet... The Dodgers prevail. That's why we have the stat there. Los Angeles 10-0 in the 10 starts that Max Scherzer has made for the Don't Dodgers the since being acquired outs. at the and the strikeouts the strikeout big two. But that one, under. what happened? Boom! Another Coors Field under. Even with the Best guy right now baseball. that is the odds-on favorite. Shout out to Mid Major Matt. That even even happening with Max Scherzer who is the odds-on favorite right now on FanDuel to win the National League Cy Young at minus 165. That's how strong of a trend Coors Field unders are when it comes to K-Props. We have another rendition of that today with the Rockies facing the Giants. We'll get to some of our MLB picks here later in the hour. But, Ariel, when you look at this game for the Dodgers, very impactful to come back and to beat the Rockies in extra innings because now, thanks to a Giants loss, also in extras to the Padres yesterday in San Diego... The Dodgers just one 
game back of the National League West top spot. The Giants holding that one game advantage right now, heading into the final three series of this season on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The odds continuously change. It's like a live betting board on a daily basis on FanDuel right now. The Giants yesterday were the longest we had seen them all year at minus 200. Currently, only minus 135 as the favorites to win the National League West. The Dodgers plus 110 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. One game back. The Dodgers start a road trip in Arizona. Not exactly the most daunting of territories. The Giants start a road trip in Colorado, an area we know, Coors Field, especially on the weekend, can be a little bit difficult for teams to go in and try to get some wins. It's a different Rockies team at home in Denver than the Rockies are on the road. When the Rockies are at home, especially when booked as underdogs, they are hitting at 68% on the run line, getting that plus one and a half at Coors Field. It's an amazing trend to follow, along with those unders for strikeout props. Max Scherzer's strikeout prop yesterday was an eight and a half. He goes under. I was too scared to bet the under on him. I was too scared to bet the under on Bueller because these are two of the best pitchers in baseball. I don't like fading them. It is the right place to fade them in strikeout props at Coors Field. Another team that's heating up. The St. Louis Cardinals, they're on fire. They're not even heating up. They're on fire. It's so hot. You need the fire department to come and just, like, completely use every fire extinguisher in the building because they are on fire. The Cardinals beat the Brewers 8-5. to They were plus 104. Underrated team yet again going into Milwaukee, booking them as a dog. The total goes over 8. The Cardinals get their first win this season when trailing by three or more runs in the seventh inning or later. They entered the day 0-48 in that scenario. St. Louis has now won 12 straight games, their longest winning streak since 1982. Then, team of destiny, question mark? Uh, it's starting to feel like that, right? Because not only are you winning 12 straight games, you're winning your 12th straight game, which matches a franchise record that almost dates back 40 years by doing something you have never done this year. 0-48 entering yesterday in Milwaukee when down three or more runs in the seventh inning or later, and still somehow you pull out a victory. That's seeming like things that don't normally happen, and the Cosmos all starting to add up over the arch in St. Louis, Missouri, the gateway to the West, and now maybe the Cardinals in contention for that National League pennant. Again, when you look at the odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook as it pertains to the NL pennant, the five teams up there are the five teams that if the season ended today would be in the National League playoffs. And the Cardinals now, Ariel, thanks to that 12th straight win, doing so in comeback fashion, have a four and a half game lead for that second and final NL wildcard spot. We're talking about a four and a half game lead with only nine games remaining in the Major League Baseball season. I don't see really how anybody's catching this team that is super hot right now, maybe entering a National League wildcard game against the Dodgers or the Giants. And that game could be very exciting because Dave Roberts said yesterday, to go back to Max Scherzer quickly, that if the Dodgers are in that one-game scenario in the National League wildcard game, without a doubt, it's going to be Max Scherzer. Would the Cardinals put up Uncle Chuck, Uncle Charlie, the 40-year-old Adam Wainwright, who was 16-7 and with a 2.89 ERA entering yesterday's win against the Milwaukee Brewers? Maybe, just maybe. So when you look at the National League pennant odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Dodgers the favorite at plus 155. Their odds getting slightly longer. The Giants' odds getting slightly shorter. The second best in the National League at plus 290. The Brewers at plus 330. The Braves, who are currently leading the National League East at plus 550. The Cardinals at 14-1. to And it's all about getting hot at the right time. And in that one-game scenario of a wild-card game, who knows what could happen? You would want the team that's playing lights-out baseball. Right now, that's the Cardinals. The Dodgers also playing pretty good baseball. But right now, 
That's the St. Louis Cardinals. Ariel, what they are doing right now for the birds, it's incredibly, incredibly impressive. I just feel bad. Again, this is a team that's so hot. Yet, if they are in the second wild card spot, they have to travel to whichever National League West team they're going to have to face. They're going to have to face the Dodgers or the Giants, the two best teams in baseball. That is where I feel terrible for the Cardinals. I also feel terrible for whoever loses the National League West because it's just unfair. The reason it's unfair, the first team to clinch their division is the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox picked up a 7-2 win over the Indians, and the only other division in baseball that's winner is going to have a worse record than Chicago is the National League East. Otherwise, they have the least amount of wins of all American League leaders when it comes to division leaders. Houston, Tampa, they all have better, they all have more wins. Chicago's still the first one to clinch because their division stinks. The Central is atrocious. In fact, the second place team is the Cleveland Indians, and they're below 500. Ben, the White Sox win. Congratulations. You guys have a, a playoff spot. You clinch your division, but it's not that impressive because there's so many other better teams out there. The AL Central has been a huge disappointment this year. Now, the Chicago White Sox have been a bright spot, still a very fun and exciting team who I think can still make some noise in the American League playoffs. But the AL Central, they were supposed to be rivaled by the Cleveland Indians, the Minnesota Twins even. It didn't even get close to that. And then you have the Kansas City Royals and the Detroit Tigers, who for a good majority of the year were really struggling baseball side. So, yes, the Chicago White Sox, the first team in all of Major League Baseball to clinch their division. The first American League Central title for the White Sox dating back to 2008. The first time in franchise history, Ariel, the White Sox are making back-to-back postseason appearances. And right now, when you look on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Chicago White Sox have the third best odds to win the AL pennant at the moment at plus 290. Houston, the favorite at plus 200, 2-1. Two Tampa Bay there still being slightly undervalued, in my opinion, at plus 270. The White Sox also with the fifth shortest odds to win the World Series at plus 750 currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The two teams in the AL, the Astros and the Rays in front of them, as well as the Dodgers and the Giants for that World Series picture out of the National League. Our friend Keith Arizari also texting me, Mr. MLB insider himself. He was talking about how the White Sox also have been resting a lot of starters because, or a lot of players because they also just haven't really needed to win. They knew that they had the division. And now even though that sometimes is good and maybe they could have tried to win more games because they didn't need, like maybe if they had to win more games, they could have. Then sometimes it scares me for teams going into the playoffs that haven't had to play at full strength and full force the way someone like the Giants and Dodgers who are going back and forth trying to fight for a one spot. That scares me a little bit for Chicago. Ah, the rest versus rust debate. Might it rear its ugly head in an American League playoff scenario? Possibly because not only are you looking to the National League, you're looking at the teams trying to come out of the AL East to claim those two wildcard spots in the American League. And one of those teams most likely will face off against the Tampa Bay Rays in that first ALDS series. And then you get either the Rays or one of the hottest teams in baseball, the Red Sox, the Yankees, or the Blue Jays in that potential American League Championship Series. So it's going to be a tough test for the White Sox to get through the American League. Kudos to them, though, on clinching the division. We'll see how the rest of the American League playoff picture plays we out. Totally because totally just happening. stuck them in the grave. Chicago. I mean, no, the grave. listen, we give them, <laughs> we'll give them the you. roses. Their first division crown since 2008. The first time they're making back-to-back postseason appearances. Historic stuff for the Chicago White Sox. That's good. 
Don't get me wrong, but the rest of the American League playoff picture is looking pretty daunting right now because whatever two teams area emerge out of the American League East to claim those two AL wildcard spots, they are going to be some really, really good baseball teams playing really good baseball at the right time of year. I still want to go watch Burley pitch. Uh, yeah, that let's bring him back. Twins beat the Blue Jays yesterday, seven to two. The Twins were plus one twenty on the money line. Now this is a crazy race. The Yankees are one game back of Toronto for the second wild card spot, and two games behind Boston for the first spot. Yankees were off yesterday. The Yankees have a three game series remaining versus both teams. They face the Red Sox this weekend, and then they have to face Toronto after that. All three teams have nine games left on their regular season slate. Coming up next, we're giving a live look because the Ryder Cup is underway out there in Wisconsin. And who better to bring on to talk about it than Dubs Anderson himself. Our PGA analyst was up bright and early this morning on the West Coast. And we've got live action coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid, it is Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining us now, bright and early, not really for us here on the East Coast, out there on the West Coast, it's our PGA analyst, Dubs Anderson. Dubs, what time did you wake up this morning to watch the Ryder Cup start? I've been going all night. USA, USA. I can hear the chants from here. They started bright and early over in Wisconsin. It looks cold, but these boys are fired up, and what a start. Superstar matchups across the board. It's two apiece. The Europeans are up in two matches. The Americans are up in two. We've got a day of golf coming up here, guys. I'm so excited because I love just rooting for anything Team USA. However, live betting opportunities in golf are always fun to take advantage of. For today, how would you advise for betters to take advantage of live betting opportunities? Yeah, look, so this morning we've got the foursomes uh, format going off. And, and for me, this is the one the Europeans actually have an advantage in. They've got the chemistry. They've got the experience because this is a big stage to tee off on. Day one at the Ryder Cup, these guys are nervous. So I thought the Europeans had the edge there. Look, it's two apiece. Uh, I think if they can get out of this one, Harvin, this morning session, that's a pretty good outcome. But this afternoon, we go to the four ball. And that's a huge advantage to Team USA. I mean, look at the guys we've got on the bench rearing to go for this afternoon. Tony Finau, Bryson DeChambeau, Scotty Scheffler. These guys hit a longer ball. They're well suited to whistling straights. They make a lot more birdies. So I'm favoring the Americans. And we're getting them at plus 105 to win the four ball session this afternoon. Day one, absolutely. But look, it's critical that the Europeans try and stay with these guys. Because if they get behind too far, they're not going to catch up to this young US team. Uh, there's just too much form across the board here from those young guys. Dubs, all week long when we were previewing and handicapping the Ryder Cup, the notion was you have to wait until the pairings and the matchups come out before you can necessarily dive into any specific foursome or four-ball outing or the entire day as it stands. Right now, obviously, we have the matchups, and they are going on live in the early morning foursomes out there on day number one at the Ryder Cup. So how do you quickly do your handicapping to look at those matchups to try to find some value on the live board on FanDuel? 
Yeah, look, I, I had a pretty good idea who was uh, going to pair up with who. The big one for me right now is the first one that went off. Raman Garcia up against uh, JT and Jordan Spieth. I think Raman Garcia have to win this one. They're two leaders for the European team. For the Spaniards, the Ryder Cup, it means so much more. They know what Seve did, Jose Maria did, Sergio Garcia, all-time points leader for this European team. And for me, this is the passing of the baton to John Rahm to say, this is now your team for the next couple of decades. We're going to go out with one last win for the old boys. Yeah, and you look at the European team. We talk about experience, but for some of these guys, it will be their last Ryder Cup. Poulter, Garcia, Westwood, Casey. I can't see the, them coming back in two years. So to win here on the U.S. shores, it'd be a big one for them. But Garcia, Ram, they have to win. They have to lead for this team this morning. Speaking of motivation, Dubs, sometimes just a teammate could be motivating. Which pairing do you believe is the best pairing for each other? I think Cantlay and Xander Shoffley. You know, we go like for like. You want guys who match up uh, with their golf games. And I mean, it's not just their golf games. Their personalities, their best friends off the golf course. And with foursomes, you want to be comfortable with each other. I mean, if me and Benny go out and play, I don't want to be thinking, oh, no, if I put Benny in a bad spot, uh, he's not going to be happy with me. So I start playing defensive. And on a golf course like Whistling Straits, if you play defensive, you will find trouble. There's too many bunkers out there. So you've got to be comfortable enough to go to the pins. Play your usual strategy, despite being in a very unique format of foursomes golf. So Cantlay and Shoffley, that's one for me. They've come out the gates very strong, three up through the first three holes. So that's a big task for Roy McIlroy and Ian Poulter, who we know go up a gear in the Ryder Cup. But right now, they're going to have to do something special to keep with these boys. Dubsy, you and I would be a great pairing. You would not have to worry oh, yes. about putting me in a bad spot. We would be a free-flowing group full of positivity and optimism as we attack a golf course even as hard as Whistling Straits. So, Dubs, when you look on the live board right now, not only can you live bet the result of an actual match, you can live bet the result of an individual hole these golfers are about to play. So what are a couple of the key holes to know for Whistling Straits this weekend? Yeah, for me, the, the, the telling factor of the first tee shot today was a big one. That's going to be your workhorse for the foursome session this morning because you'll get three out of the four par threes, and that's a lot of responsibility. If you don't hit the green on a par three, you're given hole away. So, look, I was a little surprised that Ian Poulter took that tee shot over Roy McIlroy. Uh, I guess we know that he steps up for the occasion, but for me, uh, hole number seven, that, that's a big one for us. Par three, the wind coming there off Lake Michigan, 220 yards. I'm going to go the overs there all day, so keep that in mind. And the last four holes here at Whistling Straits, brutes to close on. So if it comes down the wire, very tough closing stretch. You know, I'm probably looking at the overs just to go through those four, four holes coming in the house. Bryson DeChambeau, eh, it was a, a rocky finish for him. Dubs, how do you see Bryson DeChambeau uh, playing out? I think he's well suited to the four ball, you know, where he's got a partner who put it in play, hit the fairway. And for Bryson, he can go at some of these par fours depending what the wind's doing. I mean, the first hole today, if he's getting downwind, he can give that a nudge. So I think he'll be played in both four ball sessions, which makes sense for me. Uh, in the singles, I mean, Bryson's not a guy you want to go against. Not only does he hit a long way, he's one of the best partners out there. He does everything else. So despite being a distraction, I think he's a really strong asset for Team USA. And look, when you use him in the four ball, it doesn't matter who you really pair him with. You know, he's going to play aggressive, do his thing. But, you know, all the distractions that come with him doesn't really affect you too much. If you had him in foursomes, I'd be a little worried because he plays so aggressive. He's very volatile. He can make, you know, super big numbers, but super low numbers. So I think Steve Stricker knows what he's doing there and just saving him for the four ball lineups.
Dubsy, to see who was playing this morning in the first four some matches was very enticing as well because you can correlate that to one of the betting markets on FanDuel for who was going to be the top American scorer, the top combined point scorer, the top European point scorer. So now you have these guys in action, which means there's a possibility they play in all five matches, all five outings we have at the Ryder Cup. Who are you targeting on the European side that might be the top European scorer or maybe the top combined scorer overall? Yeah, I, I think Ram was always going to be, you know, that guy for, for the Europeans who plays in a lot of sessions. Justin Thomas for Team USA. But one thing to keep in mind, those guys, you know, they're going head-to-head -head today. So that they can't just split points every time they go up against each other. And I have them both going out first group on Sunday. So I don't see either one of them taking the top points. I'm looking at Victor Hovland playing with Paul Casey this morning. He is a rookie, so I've got him in that market to be the top rookie points scorer. This is a kid who steps up to the stage. He plays aggressive. He's a good driver of the golf ball, but he's not going to be overawed by the occasion. Everyone wants to play with him, so keep an eye out for Victor Hovland. I think he gets a, a win this morning with Paul Casey, which would be a huge boost for the Europeans and setting them up to stay in the mix here. And that's, you know, in the four ball, Victor, you know, top 10 on the PGA Tour making birdies, top 10 making eagles. That's a guy you want to have out there as well. So I see him in playing at least four sessions, a very good chance to pick up some points for him. Dubs, I know we just began day one, and Dubs Anderson, our PGA analyst, joining us here on Sports Grid. You can go on already bet day two winners. That's where at least I see some value. USA minus 120, the tie plus 480, plus 175 on Europe. How would you approach day two? Similar to today, I think the Europeans have the edge in the foursomes. The Americans have the edge in the four ball. And we're still going to you know, get good value on the Americans in that department. Uh, look, if the Americans get behind you know, for, for some wacky, crazy reason uh, you know, after tomorrow's play and they're only two or three back going into Sunday, they've got the edge in the singles matches. Nine of the top ten golfers in the world are in the American team on Sunday. They play singles. They play their own ball. They're very comfortable playing their own golf game. I don't. If it's close, the Americans will run away with it come Sunday. That's for sure. So if they get behind, you'll get some better value. Jump on Team USA there. But right now, they're looking pretty good. Dubs, what's your approach going to be to the live betting board throughout this weekend? When we have the matchups and we have the pairings and everything is setting up, you can look right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, even looking at day one winners, and you'll see tons of plus money if you want to predict the correct score. So how do you think you will best approach this market to find some profitability this weekend at the Ryder Cup? Yeah, I mean, we're going to take a lot away from today. Uh, you know, see that chemistry from some of these pairings, see how guys a strike in the ball. I mean, you might not win your match today, but you can play very well. You know, you have got a partner out there who can sort of hamstring you. So I'm going to be, you know, keen on guys who look like they're in good form and can maybe, you know, get a new partner tomorrow or, or sort of turn up with a better mindset. Uh, but for me, you know, it, it is match play golf. If you get two down, you're still in the mix here, but suddenly, you know, we're getting good plus money. Most of the time, well, 60%, if you lose that first hole, you go on to lose your match in match play. But for me, Two down, that, that's you know, time to get on board. If I'm still confident that that matchup can make a bit of a run. Once you get to three down, lights out. It's very tough to come back uh, and try and get that win. Dubs, I've got the most serious question of the day to ask you. I know you've been be out there on the course. I know that you are a caddy. I know that you have so much experience with this sport. I don't understand how these golfers go out at 4 a.m. and they're, they're competitive. How did these golfers do it waking up so early? It looks chilly outside in Wisconsin and still look like pros. 
Yeah, and you know what? There's no big paycheck up for grabs this week. They're just playing for pride, playing for their fellow yeah. countrymen who've come before them. Ariel, I, I do it sometimes myself, get out there at 5 a.m., but guess what? I'm paying to do it. I'm not getting paid any cheddar or trying to play for that big prize check. So ask golfers. We're mad. It doesn't make sense. The, the game of golf, it doesn't make sense. It's a wacky sport. This is a wacky tournament. But for us, it doesn't get any bigger. This is the biggest rivalry in golf. And for me, I can't find a bigger rivalry in sport. Shut the gates. I, love I mean, listen, let's be honest. But what Dubs is talking about going out at 5 a.m. happens in Los Angeles. It's like 60 degrees. What they're doing right now on the banks of Lake Michigan in Kohler, Wisconsin, that's Big Ten football weather, and don't you ever <laughs> forget it. But, Dubs, I want to talk about one specific player for the European side as well who we have not mentioned yet. We mentioned his first pairing this morning with Ian Poulter, but that's Rory McIlroy. He's probably one of the players outside of John Rahm that most American casual sports bettors would know this weekend. So what's the outlook like for Rory here at this Ryder Cup? Look, not, not good right now. 40 now through four uh, to Cantland Shoffley. But look, Rory usually goes up a couple of gears at the Ryder Cup. Um, you know, he finds his best stuff. Hasn't had a great year on the PGA Tour. Now, he's still got the big miss with the driver. And that's a big problem. At Whistling Straits this week, you can find a lot of trouble if you don't drive the ball well. So for Rory McIlroy, he's got to find that special stuff. And, and look, stats usually dictate where we're putting our money week to week on the PGA Tour. This is a week where the intangibles count for a bit more. That moxie, that clutch, that X factor. Rory McIlroy, he's got it in spades, but he's going to have to find it quickly. For me, you know, he's probably you know one of your two leaders after Ram Garcia. He has to be the guy to step up and get a couple of big scalps this week over Team USA. Dubs, only about a minute left. What was one of your favorite bets going into the weekend? Uh, look, I, I, I was well. I'm going to be rooting for the European team. I like Victor Hovland. As top rookie point scorer, I like him as a, a dark horse for uh, top point scorer overall, and we got him at eighteen to one. Uh, I'm going to root for the Europeans, but I think day one is very telling. If they're down, you know, more than one or two points, I can't see them getting back into it. Team USA, you know, we, we go on that they don't have the experience. Well, that's good this week. They don't have that negative memory of losing a Ryder Cup. These guys look back to the year they've had on the PGA Tour. They've won majors. They've won FedEx Cup playoffs for $15 million. They've won Olympic gold medals. These guys are gamers. The average age, 29. They could be dominant for the next two decades on the Ryder Cup stage. So for Team USA, they've just got to find their way into this one. I still expect a heavyweight shootout. But the longer this one goes, Team USA are going to feel a lot more comfortable. It's been a crazy year in the PGA. Finally, it feels as if they're getting into a normal routine after the Ryder Cup. Dubs Anderson, catch him all over Sports Grid platforms. He's given out great analysis on shows in addition to social media. Thank you, Dubs, and stay on the grid. We close out hour number one up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. After on Sports Grid, it is Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. It's time for our poll. 
get to fade the public. I love doing this now on Fridays and just taking a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook, seeing the four heaviest favorites uh, for the NFL, uh, the NFL upcoming week. This week, the four heaviest favorites, the Broncos laying 10 and a half against the Jets, the, uh, the Ravens, wow, I almost said Orioles, the Ravens laying seven and a half at the Detroit Lions, the Arizona Cardinals laying seven and a half against the Jaguars, and the Cleveland Browns laying seven and a half against the Chicago Bears. And the public, this is crazy. I kind of saw this coming, but not by this large of a margin. 51% say the Cleveland Browns would be the one to lose outright. The heaviest favorite to lose outright would be Cleveland to Chicago. Ben, are you fading the public? You know I can't fade the public, right? You know there is no part of my body that is able to fade the public here because who is the starting quarterback now for the Chicago Bears? His name is Justin Fields. He played his college football at Ohio State, a member of the Big Ten Conference, the best quarterbacking season in the Big Ten Conference in the illustrious history of that glorious league in 2019 when he threw for 41 touchdowns and ran for 10 more. Justin Fields might be able to pull the upset in Cleveland on Sunday. Maybe even just cover that number that is now back up to seven and a half. But I cannot fade the public. I will be at my favorite sports bar here in New York City. It is a Chicago sports bar on Sunday, bright and early, with a couple of Bud Lights and a platter of bone-in wings, wearing my Big Ten hat, getting ready to go for Justin Fields, making his first NFL career start for the Chicago Bears. That is an epic combo. You've got the Big Ten hat, a beer, probably a few beers, and bone-in wings. The only way to do mm -hmm. it on a football Sunday. I'll probably do something yep. similar, but not wearing the Big Ten hat, especially because I went to Ohio <laughs> State and I'm like half a Penn Stater. Coming up next, it is hour <laughs> number two of our show. It's the hour of chaos. We've got baseball picks, college football picks. Just stay on the grid. How to spot a sports gaming winner. They listen to us. Don't